0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City.
2: All right, gearheads. <laughs> What a uh, what a disappointing race for Haas, and
0: <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. I know, man. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> wah, sorry. Wah.
2: I mean, just to go out that way with the pit stop problems. Oh, yeah, my I gosh. Know.
0: Yeah, I think they bought the NASCAR uh, guns. <laughs> so, oh, on an right.
3: unrelated note, there's a position open for a mechanic on the Haas F1 website if you're interested.
0: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true, right? Uh,
3: that's that's true.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, there was a lot going on. There was a lot. There's a lot to talk about. Um, but sadly, yes, you have to start there, which is the Americans failing, sadly, uh, to finish the Australian Grand Prix, and yet. In preseason testing and in the race weekend, fifth and sixth on the grid. Let's take some solace out of that because I mean, look at look at some of the things that went wrong with Red Bull, Red Bull and Ferrari over the years with with um, gear changes, uh, sorry, with um, pit stops. Um, you know, it, it, they're not the first team to have a problem like this. Uh, then you can look at McLaren as well. I mean, come on, I know, so, but it's just so
2: disappointing to be you know fourth uh, and fifth and and just go out that way and both of them going out the
0: same yeah, way yeah that that i mean that has to be an inquisition I've, at this point i mean there's something definitely went wrong there right. has to
3: be there has to be it something it wasn't just else.
0: A, yeah it wasn't just human error this time
3: i i have to wonder you know in that i go into thinking about the tools was there something up with the the nut was there you know i don't know what else i'm sure those tools are you know very calibrated But, uh, you know, the one thing I'll say is the wheels didn't come off. And so I wonder if the nut got on there and just wasn't torqued completely. Well, you could see
0: that the mechanics knew as soon as they left. And I think, well, I actually think it was rear left for Magnusson and front left for Grosjean. Uh, You could see by the reaction by the mechanics that that, uh you know they knew they didn't they just knew and and you you said it yourself you know they went back in as soon as uh, Grosjean left they knew they got it wrong because they walked straight out
2: yeah it was well what when you were talking about the you know when it happened i thought they were going to stop the car because the mechanics you could see they knew it wasn't right why didn't somebody get in the radio and in Grosjean's ear and say don't leave because it looked like they knew before he left
0: yeah, uh, and there's nothing you can do. The thing is, I mean, you're talking about two point three seconds, less than three seconds uh, in I most know, cases, I know. and that is, I mean, and, and that is something that needs to be looked at. They do a lot of practice over the winter, has included, uh, obviously, um, and they're all trying to do within three seconds, uh, and it's pretty amazing when you when you consider just how quickly they do do it. Um, but really, the lollipop guy, or as we call it, the lollipop man, the guy at the front is the is the release man, and uh, I heard Martin Brundle saying, um, you know, at one point, uh, you know, there's so many automatic devices that let these cars go and and so many indications to the driver that, you know, you could see that Grosjean just presumed everything was fine.
2: Yeah, and again, like you said, these are all happening th- in within three seconds. It's hard to stop that process once you're lowering the that's car the and moving, starting, everybody's, you know, they're trained to keep going. A- and but, let's,
0: like you said, and let's face it, they
2: were on for a potential podium. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's, that's, I mean, when they both go out that way, that's what's just making me crazy. All right. Well, there's some other, there's some more to the race other than the Haas team going out. So we got to talk about that. But, uh, hey, you know,
3: the beginning, it started off great. Yeah. Everybody made turn one and turn two for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it actually did start off great. Did
2: not get a bunch of, didn't get a pile up, didn't, and I mean, no, no damage at the beginning of the race already. I don't think there was at
0: all. By the way, if you, uh, if you don't know your Twitter, you've got to follow uh, fake Charlie Whiting. He's still brilliant as ever. He's just tweeted out, Toto, Alexa, why did Seb pass Lewis?
3: <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Computer errors. I love the way that Toto Wolff decided that it was a computer error. Uh, yeah not
3: Lewis actually not going perhaps as fast as laris yeah. uh you know that that brings up something we talked about a couple of weeks ago there's fewer engines to be used this year. I think that came into play. Oh, it did oh, yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm talking no.
0: about... The, the, listen, the race, what I'm getting at is the race was won and lost by a mistake by mes- Mercedes. Oh, yeah. Finally. Uh, way before that. Um, at, at, basically because of Grosjean's incident. That yep. was how it was won and lost. And as uh, Seb said, great strategy at the end there. But yeah, there's no question, and I think Lewis admitted it that um, with uh, he got the the gap down at one point three seconds, and then they said back off because um, yeah, he, they just didn't want to risk anything. Which, I, which I'm I'm conflicted about actually.
3: Yeah, I, I don't like I, that. <laughs> I do and I don't. I I don't like it. I mean, I understand the the intention is to kind of level up the teams and uh, make it so it's not so crazy expensive for those that are barely making the grid. And and keep them competitive with the other teams, who could certainly spend a lot more money and have a lot more engines dialed in. The uh, the three engine limit, uh, yeah, it's gonna you're gonna have to reserve it some.
2: That's it. Didn't happen on the very first race of the season, and and be a vital part of the outcome of the race.
3: I agree. I agree. I had almost rather see them uh, maybe let the engine, you know. Go five engines or four engines, and for the season, and maybe uh, tighten up the limits on fuel. Yeah,
0: hey, yeah I, I, we... I, I just don't like the idea of anybody in a position to win a race being you know, throttling off. You know, I mean, it's just it just doesn't it, it's not motor racing to me. Yeah, let's listen
2: to we got the team radio queued up here for the Mercedes um, when they're telling Hamilton to coast. Let's hear that. What's that?
1: We need to have some lift and coast for PU temperatures.
0: Yeah. So that's power unit temperatures, and that was earlier in the race. Uh, so it wasn't at the end of the race. Yes. Um, but clearly, you know, uh, that's <laughs> that's part of this now. This is part of the strategy. This is. Part, I mean, you heard Lewis saying, "I'm going for it." Um, you know, uh, when he when he did accelerate, and then they made that mistake um, and went off at nine. Um, onto the grass for a couple of moments there uh, and so it's still in the driver's hands he can still kind of you know protest or ignore them um, but uh, this is going to be the tale of 2018 a lot I think power saving conservative conservativeness with the engines like you say with the power units the temperatures in there if there's any risk you really cannot take that risk especially if the champion you know if it's a close championship so that's what Mercedes chose to do they right. made the mistake they got behind Vettel which they never intended to do and then they said okay with four or five laps to go nice one Lewis but we can't risk anything here settle for second
3: yeah, yeah, I would, uh, lived about all another day. I think is what that's, they that's said. his
0: exact words. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, this is obviously this is great for the championship. If Mercedes really is going to be as fast as it looks like, with Vettel and Reichen, v- Vettel first and Reichen in third, it's a lot of points. And of course, Botas down in eighth. So from a point standpoint, this is. If we all want to see somebody other than Mercedes dominate the season, this is actually good news.
0: It is. And there's no question that Ferrari, I mean, like I said, everybody's building their packages. We won't know the full potential of the 2018 field until I think, uh, or traditionally, I think, Spain. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, mean. which, which also means that everybody's got their full bag of tools because they're back in Europe. Because we now go to Bahrain and China and so on. And, um, you know, eh, Monaco is a lottery at the best of times. So that's where you can, and that's where also the, the new modifications, that's the usually the first upgrades, proper upgrades, if you need them, will go on. McLaren will improve. I have to say, of everything that happened today. And I know that it was by a little bit of hook by crook, as it were, in terms of a few people falling by the wayside, uh, including Verstappen making a mistake, including Botas not getting up there as far as he could. Uh, but let's give a, you know, a round of applause to Alonso and McLaren. His best finish. He didn't finish higher than six last year. Fifth place for McLaren. That's good news for America's Zach Brown and, and the McLaren team as they, you know, Get try to get back that reputation that they lost dramatically in the last few years with Honda.
3: Sure, and you know Alonso hasn't had a lot of experience recently passing folks. (laughs) He was (laughs) happy, and so you know I think that's uh, that's there's something really to be said for that. Yeah, absolutely. We've
2: got a team radio of that though. Let's um, let's see if we can catch that one. Which one was it,
3: Fernando Alonso? Yeah, he's.
1: (laughs) It's very very difficult to follow. So think about the strategy. Following is very difficult. Yes, Fernando. So far, there's only been one overtake: Bottas on Ocon.
3: So he was actually, you know, really paying attention to the other moves in the uh, in the field as well as he was preparing himself. Like I said, it, it was it was difficult to follow. He he was ready to go, but he was having a tough time getting around. But uh, like I said. He hadn't had a lot of recent experience in passing.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and he was uh, at the end on the radio. I heard him saying uh, that he was happy. Uh, they were very happy with the performance, and he said before the race, "Look, we're you know we're not the full complete package. We're, this we're still integrating the engine at the moment. And let's face it; they've had very little time. Uh, if anybody's had the, the most dramatic shake-up in the last year, it has to be McLaren. They've got a completely new power uh, unit in the back of that car. Everybody else is developing, and of course, the other." power unit has gone to Toro Rosso
3: and we saw what happened to them i was gonna say uh, don't you think there was a chuckle or two i'll bet (laughs) there might have been yeah
0: Yeah, but i i'm not chuckling I, i you know like i've said all along honda will be back and maybe just maybe Toro Rosso will get the last laugh because honda will again be licking their wounds and going back to japan very embarrassed um uh, that Gasly went out and it looked like it was an engine problem. Um, Hartley did not have the kind of day that he is capable of and, uh, yeah, work to do. But I mean, um, and, and remember, they've got the same challenge that McLaren has right sure.
2: now. They're integrating a new power unit. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah, but the smoke coming out of that obviously is what nobody at Honda wanted to see or Toro Rosso.
0: No.
2: Uh, so what are the other stories, Jonathan, that caught your eye this evening
0: ah. or this morning? Verstappen, I mean, you know, there was a couple of mistakes there. One by Hamilton, one by Verstappen that were very significant. Both yeah, that's uh, right. Raikkonen and Vettel did not make any mistakes. Um, and hence, first and third. Whereas uh, Hamilton could, you know, I think Mercedes for the first, I mean, were they so immaculate, the German team usually, um, with Hamilton able to turn on the flare at a moment's notice and clearly today was ready to go. And I think he could, you know, I think he proved that, he, I mean, he got, caught uh, Vettel within seconds but then again you wonder whether Ferrari were not in saving mode but you know we're also I heard one radio incident to Ferrari saying you know temperatures, PU temperatures, fine so they weren't under any drama, drama but they also weren't maybe pushing as much as Hamilton um, and, and that's how they won the war so to speak yeah, well, all right, guys. We want to take a break, but when we come back, we're
2: going to continue the discussion and talk about all the different things down the grid. And again, this is what this is why we race the races because you never know what's going to happen because Buhpas and everybody else. So you listen to Speed City live in Austin. Back up, these minutes.
0: MV Agusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorised technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the world supersport winning triple F3, 675, and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade in, consignments welcome, and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I
1: 35. Mosing Motorcars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motorcars, 2420 West Breaker Lane, online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motorcars. Drive yourself Happy.
0: Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year round driver education from 15 year olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack feel confident behind the wheel no matter the situation no matter what you've done or where you've done it or how well you've done it we'll make
1: you better you've made the right choice top 1370 hi Brendan hartley this is speed city Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosey Motor Motorcars.
2: Welcome back to Speed City. here live in Austin. If you want to join the conversation, 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483, if you're still awake.
0: <laughs> well, just waking up. Could be a while. night shift.
2: <laughs> uh, I got a couple of stories I want to talk about. One, I want to talk Rurito, because they looked really fast. Uh, but yep. before that, I want to talk about Botos. Uh, what do you guys think about the I way? I don't think should get it done. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not Botox. You, you look fine. <laughs> Bo- I was going. What is he talking about? Oh, Botox. No, Botos. Right. Coming, 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 through the right. field, and only ending at eighth. I mean, I, I just. I'm yeah. thinking if if that had been Hamilton, where would this? Where would he be?
0: I, I don't know. I was disappointed. I must admit. Um, and I expect. You know, if you remember at the front of the program, I said, you know, watch him come through, and he. You know he's he's a bit of a diamond geezer when it comes to overtaking, but I think Australia particularly, uh, and the commentators said so, uh, jellian and um, Jack were saying. You know it is a, a very tough place to overtake because it is seventy seven percent full throttle, as we were saying earlier. So you know you never really there's not a lot of like classic. I mean, like I said, it's a street circuit. It's not a it's not like a, a classic. Um, you know, Formula One setup where there's a long straight with a, you know, with a breaking zone at yeah. the end, uh, as Herman Tilke so often designs. So
3: maybe that's the problem. Valtteri is number 77 and it's 77%. <laughs> Did he like play some funny math or something or just not get there?
0: Ask Toto. He's, he's full of math tonight. Uh, they, uh, he's full of <laughs> he, something. still scratching his, his head at the moment going, well, uh, what happened?
3: Yeah. I think that's going to take a while to figure out. Um, but honestly, Valtteri, you know, had his, had a bad off in Q3, and so uh, I just don't think he ever recovered from that. We did.
0: Uh, I, I just had a tweet from the uh, USA gymnastics team, well impressed with that pirouette by Verstappen. Um, they said <laughs> that was pretty cool, They tried that a few times and not being able to pull it off, um, despite their gold medals. Um, but that was pretty impressive. <laughs> Uh, Grace he's got some great reactions yeah that that was uh that was <laughs> i'd have been halfway through melbourne by then <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right i said i want to talk um reno i mean they're looking fast they did in qualifying and they obviously hulkenberg finishing seventh in the race I mean, look, look who's ahead of him, Stappen and,
0: and Gang, so... It's it's a really important year for Renault, too, because yeah. they are now Renault Formula One, and while they do have customer engines and some very important customer engines in Red Bull and in McLaren, uh, who have, let's face it, dominated Red Bull the last decade in many ways, four titles, uh, McLaren, of course, have been probably the most successful team besides Ferrari in the history of the sport, so Renault have got their... You know they're up against it in many ways because you know you always kind of believe that the factory team will have the better, not so much the better engine, but um, you know they they should be ahead of the game. It's their engine, and right. their ma- and the others are customers. But
3: well, the, yeah, exactly. They've got <laughs> they've got the premium setup. They've got the knowledge. Yeah. They've dynoed it. Who but, knows but how many But ironically, it's
0: a small team that is coming back from really not having a budget anywhere close to McLaren or Red Bull in the last five years.
3: Is is Renault French for Aprilia?
0: Ooh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> <Auto> <laughs> I'll,
3: Moto I'll GP have you know the French
0: <laughs> invented motorsport. They'll be very upset. I'll tell you. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Qu'est-ce
2: que tu fais? All Anyway, hey, Jonathan, yeah. I get I a question about uh, the factory engines and and customer engines. Yes, you know because I always wonder about this for Haas with a Ferrari engine. You know uh, what? And you're 25 years in the sport. You know what is the difference between those those factory engines that the factories use versus the customer engines?
0: It's interesting you ask that because it's changed. Uh, there's no question. Back in the day when Renault were dominating with Williams, um, you know, in an era where they could not be stopped, they won. Gosh, how, goodness knows how many championships. Um, you know, when Mansell, uh, Coulthard, went, you know that they Renault were superior to everybody. Uh, and it was a fantastic allegiance. Um, and back then, if anybody else had a, a customer engine, no way. It was a spec down, maybe two specs down. Yeah. Um, and that was the norm, as it is in motorbike racing, as, uh, as uh, had, let's quite rightly points plate last, but, That's
2: what was inside. There was a hidden restrictor plate. <laughs> but, but as we
0: all know, Haas' Haas's deal, for example, with Ferrari, was to get the same spec engine, a 218 engine. Now, is that what's in the back of the Saber? I doubt. Um, so, you know, there is a little bit of that. Um, so there's bound to be a, a sort of pecking order, uh, and that goes with the deal you do. Now, in Haas's case, they've done a deal where they're getting the best spec Ferrari engine. But is it or isn't it? And who's developing yeah. it? It's, it's, you know, unless you're in the Italian factory making the engine, you, you know. Okay, yeah. well,
3: you know, you bring up something we haven't really gone into detail on and, and let's see if you know it, Jonathan. So the, you know, the top Ferrari engine as it's passed around to the different teams, when you get that or when Ferrari delivers that, is it the same ignition system or, you know, how how far down into the nuts and bolts of the system is it is the same ECM? Uh, where does it stop? Do you have any idea there?
0: Yeah, of course not. And uh, no one's going to tell you either. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you only have to look at the specs. You know, the Ferrari 062 Evo is exactly the same as the uh, that Haas has. is the exact same spec as the 062 Evo of Scudari Ferrari. Now, what do, uh, you know, Sahara Force India have? Uh, it, their Mercedes uh, power uh, compared to, you know, what the factory have. Now, it says... It's the same spec, but, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, you you would presume therefore. But, of course, a lot of this depends on the chassis, um, because if you're designing an engine around your chassis, which is why I think Renault aren't quite there yet, is that they're almost in the same position, because even though Renault have now come to the fore. And they won last year, remember. They've gone through a period, a fallow period. Of, of, if, you, if you remember two years ago, Red Bull had had enough of Renault. Didn't want to... Yeah, well, yeah. Let's not speak of this car engine, Christine Horner was saying. And we trying was, to get That more than that, too. Yeah. So, you know, Renault have had to bounce back and work harder. Uh, and they have come good. Red Bull won last year. Uh, not many, but they won, and uh, the Renault is capable of winning, and I think it's capable of winning with the factory team too. Um, so, yeah, it's it swings and roundabouts, but you've got to presume that Mercedes and Ferrari have the best of their engines, and, well, we'll see what Honda can do. But I do believe that they will push on, and they
3: will finally get it right.
2: Hey, I just saw Formula One tweeted out uh, the driver of the day. Any guesses? Duh. Sebastian Bell? Uh, I
3: was going to go for sub. Fernando Alonso.
2: Now, remember, yeah, that's this not is bad. a fan-driven Wait, thing, too.
3: A, yeah, I was going to say, I think that may be a sympathy vote. I'm sorry.
2: Nah, it's just a popularity vote is more than anything. He had a, a, you know, it's it's Fernando Alonso. He's hugely popular, and that's what...
3: Okay, now, let's not approach the fan boost discussion.
0: <laughs> uh, I want to... Uh, something I saw on Twitter... Um, how good could have Verstappen been had he not pirouetted, uh, <laughs> out of, well, out of contention, because he was fast, uh, he was there, he was, you know, pushing oh, yeah. on. Um, so that's gotta be, I mean, I think Red Bull could take away. I mean, there's a few things that obviously went wrong for Red Bull today, like the placing of uh, Ricardo going backwards and Verstappen getting into problems and, and and losing a place at the start as well to Magnussen. Uh, that held him up for a while. If you remember, you heard the radio from um, Verstappen saying, "Hey, you know," or his engineer saying, "Hey, we don't need this. We don't need. We need to get past Magnussen quickly." Um, so, and the qualifying times prove that um, he was faster than Magnussen. So
2: yeah, here's Hamilton a quote from him It talks about something you talked about, Jonathan. He says, uh, congrats to Seb and Ferrari. They did the better job today. I had a I had pace. I was able to apply some pressure at the end. It's an awesome circuit, but it's so hard to pass. So absolutely what you've been saying.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's the general takeaway. Um, it is going to be interesting what goes on in this next two weeks uh, before Bahrain, which is such a different Grand Prix. Um, uh, I do think we'll have a similar kind of battle, and I do think that Red Bull will be in that battle this time. I think the mistakes that they had and the problems they had uh, belied what they may be capable of, of. And I think they're up there with Ferrari, if not there or thereabouts, you know? Yep. Uh, I was
2: watching the podiums. I love, I love Kimi Räikkönen. You see Hamilton get up there and Vettel, and everybody's fixing their hair and worrying and straightening their and and uh, Kimi Räikkönen just stand there with his sunglasses on, then with his hair completely disaster. I love Kimi
0: Räikkönen for that. He, he's funny. You got to love him. <laughs> and and I do hope, I, as I said at the start, uh, uh, that I do hope that, that Kimi Räikkönen. Um, After that qualifying form, because, you know, I always look at qualifying as being the obvious indicator of where everybody is. Anything can happen in a race, as it usually does. Um, But uh, Kimmy was fast today and all weekend, and I hope that this will continue, and I hope um, he keeps the motivation uh, and we see the best out of Kimmy. because when he's at his best and he's got a comfortable car underneath him, one that he trusts, uh, he's dynamite. So
2: one thing we haven't talked about at all or at least it's not at all in the post-race show here,
3: is uh, the halo. The halo. Good When good angels point. fly. Yep. So Well, now one hopefully of the it's going to be a forgotten thing, right? Uh, no. No, I don't think it's going to be forgotten. And that's because the reason I say that is today's race has, I think, less than 20 feet of elevation difference on that yeah, property. Yeah. And so they didn't have the things that were called out that would really play into into it. And when you consider the elevation, whether we're talking about T1 here, al Rouge at Spa, some of the other tracks, uh, there wasn't a lot of elevation to cope with. And so really they were primarily just dealing with the vertical axis, mm-hmm. not the horizontal that uh, was raised. Now
2: they did do something here uh, there at Melbourne, and that is have the second set of lights. You saw that? They had a second yeah, set of lights halo, yeah. Yeah, that were lower, and they were off to the side. And I thought, well, I wonder how that might affect, but obviously, I'm, I don't think that affected much. But that—that is—that goes plays into what you're saying, Les, is that there is a, a view that that the uh, halo blocks. So, hey guys, we need to take another break. But when we come back, we're going to talk a lot about the Haas team and what went wrong. If you want to join the conversation, five one two six four three live, we'll bring you on and hear what you have to say. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Back after the episode.
0: the racetrack. It's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin, and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year round driver education from 15 year olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe, on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it, we'll make you better. Hey,
1: this is Red Rocker Sammy Hagar. You are listening to Speed City. Woo! Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars.
0: That's who we need in the house. Red rocker,
1: red car out
2: front today.
3: I like it.
0: Good work. Yeah, and Sammy likes his Ferraris too, doesn't he? He certainly does. Yeah, Yeah, Sammy will be celebrating somewhere tonight.
3: You (laughs) bet. Probably still going, yeah. You know, speaking of. Actually,
0: Sammy might be listening 2.30 in the morning. I
2: never know. Maybe. Hey, when we went to break, I said we were going to talk about Haas. There's, there's really, there's not much more to talk about. The only yeah, let's talk about only, Bahrain. Shall the we? only theory, <laughs> the only theory I have is that they brought the Stuart Haas uh, wheel guns instead of the Formula ones. You might be right because that's the only thing I can come up with. Well, Jonathan, you were just talking about something about yeah, Sebastian. Vettel. I, a
0: lot of question. Well, no, I, I was actually going to go to the Twitter sphere for a second. Um, yeah, Sebastian Vettel. I was just going to point out Sebastian Vettel uh, third win in Australia and a hundredth podium. Uh, oh, wow. for the four-time world yeah. champion. And, and of course, this season has been set up as a battle between Hamilton and Vettel, the two four-time world champions, uh, the only ones with more championships than that, of course, the great Fangio, and, of course, Michael Schumacher with seven. Um, but no, one of the questions that um, quite a few of the fans have been asking on the Twitter sphere is no cameras in the halo for the driver's eye view. I think everybody kind of like a bit bummed that there's no driver's eye view. And the bottom line is, uh, it was asked Crofty, uh, David Croft, the um, ESPN um, commentator and obviously the Sky Sports commentator. Um, but um, he basically said, yeah, um, the reason being that it makes the halo heavier and B, weakens the structure of the halo. So...
3: Yeah, that's true. Uh, but you know, I, I did see some camera views over the uh, over the helmet of the driver. Yes, I do like that because you can, you know, see as long the, as I
0: can see the wheel,
3: see the perspective, see what they're doing on the wheel. We saw him, you know, bebopping around, punching buttons, looking for a new radio. I was going to say
0: he's definitely done some bebop practice, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was moving
2: around that steering wheel. I was watching a graphic somebody uh, put up on Twitter and it was talking about, uh, you know, the, the request for Hamilton to go offline and go out of the, the line to cool his engines and tires. And it's really fascinating. To, they're, I'm just watching this computational fluid dynamics um, chart showing the hot air, the turbulent air, but hot air also that comes from the car in front of you. A big deal. You know, he's trying to keep the everything cool. That's why they asked him to do that in case anybody had thought about that, but Jonathan, I wanted to ask you another thing about the the way that this race was really won, and that was with the, had the virtual safety car. So, what do you think about the virtual safety car, the whole concept here? I mean, there's some people complaining, saying,
3: "Hey, it's a safety car. Hey, the virtual safety
2: car won tonight. It was a joke that it's there." But,
3: I, well, I don't- how about a quick explanation of what's the difference between a, a real safety car and a virtual? So, the uh, the virtual safety car. If you imagine cars are scattered all around the track making their laps, when the virtual safety car is implemented, what happens is they all slowly deaccelerate to a fixed speed for that track. And so they essentially maintain their spacing uh, from them to the car in front of them and the oh. car behind them. So that's that's what a virtual safety car is involved in, intended to minimally impact uh, your place in the field, whereas a true safety car with the car deployed.
0: With Burnt Mylander. My
3: yes, yes, he <laughs> He's is. He's very fast. <laughs> he is very fast. Seven
0: seconds quicker,
3: the actual safety car believe this that? year. That's, yeah, that's supposedly. Awesome. So the real one, the one you see go out with the lights on, uh, so what what when a situation do you choose to group to, okay when do you cars. choose
0: to make the decision because they did today yep. when do you choose to make the decision to go from virtual to real safety car
3: well it why? is why it is made by the uh director based on the safety of whatever incident is causing an issue to be appraised you know is the car that uh that stopped in a position that's unsafe is it only in that area uh, they've taken a few items as they consider that. And so Charlie Whiting is, is one of the ones, and then, you know, we always have our um, guest safety uh, person in as well, usually a former driver, that uh, they all kind of make that decision at that point.
2: So what do you say, Jonathan, but the the effect today you
0: know. uh, yeah, I mean, t- to be honest, in the end, it was uh, strategy uh, because Mercedes did not calculate properly. They should... Uh, first of all, they didn't tell Lewis that uh, Vettel had come in. Um, he was taken by surprise. If you remember, the first radio contact was Lewis saying, was I supposed to be pushing harder? Did, did I, was I going too slow was his question to the team. Yeah, that's right. And they was, said, no, you're sticking to the deltas. In other words, no, you did exactly what we asked you to do, but they didn't want to basically say over the radio and have a long conversation about it in front of all of us that they didn't calculate it properly. They thought they had enough space to get out past Vettel uh, before he got in. But uh, good good work by, I mean, you know, smart, quick work by Ferrari. Uh, and, and they pulled it off. It was simple as that. Um, could Le Hamilton, as we said, uh, maybe have challenged? Yes. Uh, but the risk was too much. That's what they chose not to do.
2: Yep. All right, so I want to play another clip from uh, Team Radio. Uh, this is a really good one. This is, uh, this is Fernando. Now let's play that and then we'll talk about it. well done
1: guys very proud of you long winter long seasons in the past but now we can fight we can fight yes mate we'll bring it to the more seasons scenario one please scenario one and keep the revs low. eric's hugging me
3: <laughs> I was going to
1: say that's that's a bear hug
0: from Eric Brullier, which uh, would be pretty frightening, actually. But but that actually gives you an indication of where McLaren are today. They are back to realising. I mean, it's been a pretty rough place to be, Woking England. Pretty pretty grey place to be. (laughs) A desert where they've been. Exactly. So, you know, hats off to them because Fernando has got his tail up. He stayed with the team, which was an interesting decision, let's face it. When we were at the Indy 500 last year, we were like, hey, you know, Fernando's not looking back. He's never going back there. And, of course, here he is a year on. Uh, And he is doing um, WEC and he is going to be doing other things, but um, he seemed pretty happy today. And and I think, you know, with both cars in the top 10, they've got the Renault engine they wanted um, and they got a good result um, and a tidy result, uh, more importantly. And as as, uh, Fernando alluded to, long winter, Worked hard, they've integrated the engine, um, but there's a long way to go. Uh, and they have come a long way from, like you say, six laps in Barcelona where right. the wheels fell off, quite literally. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And he's doing an entire season with
2: Weck. You know? When I first yeah. read it, I thought, oh, is he just going to do Le Mans? What's he going to do? An no. entire season. So so if, uh, if everything goes right, he could be a double world champion at the same time? That's possible, yeah. (laughs) Theoretically, well,
0: they're doing a super season, whack. So it's hard because they don't. You know, it's gonna take two seasons for him to finish one season. But yeah, yeah, in theory.
2: (laughs) All right. So what about some of the uh, some of the race down the grid a little bit? Some of the other teams, Jonathan. Any uh, down the road a little? Down the
0: road of peace? Um, down the road of peace, Perez and Ocon finishing 11th and 12th, just out of the points. It was weird the story, Carlos Sanz just getting the last points, a weird story about him feeling queasy. Oh, yeah. uh, coming on the radio saying that either what he was drinking in the drink bottle was making him sick, or I don't know whether the drink bottle had run out and he was just, you know, feeling dehydrated and- dehydrated from it. Um, but Obviously, in fact, at one point, uh, they told Perez to speed up a little bit or try to catch him because they thought that he might be limping a little bit. Uh, home, but he held on, and that's a, an important point. And remember, Carlos Sanz, pretty much still new to the team. I mean, I know he drove for them last year, but uh, you know he's still bedding himself in, um, and it's been a tumultuous time for him too. Um, very much in the middle of all the Kvyat, Red Bull, Stroke Toro Ross, You know what I mean? He's had a he's had an interesting time of it, and being compared. Uh, to several drivers. It's never easy with Toro Rosso and Red Bull. Uh, but now he's got, you know, he's got the, the lend, as it were, to Renault, and um, we'll see. I, I, I rate him, I really do. I think uh, he's a very determined young man and a very fast young man. Him and Ocon are two of the most exciting guys I've seen come out uh, in the last few years, and I think Charles, uh, Charles, uh, Charles, uh, Charles, uh, Charles Lurk, as he's called, um, will be just as exciting when he gets up to speed.
2: Yeah. So, do. what what about Melbourne as a place to start the season? From you know, we talk about
0: the the lack of overtaking. It's difficult. I mean, I, I well, that's what funny. I mean by it. it's not a good place to make a real comparison.
2: Yeah, that's where I was leading up okay. to. I guess you kind of touched on that, but it's it's just. Uh, I mean, it's it's great. It's it's a tradition now. I don't know how long it's been. How long? I mean, Uh, over twenty years.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, Well, it used to end there at one point. It did. It It used
0: to end in Adelaide. Yeah. yeah. Um, But uh, Australia is a great venue for motor racing. Um, They love racing. That crowd. I think it was two hundred ninety-six thousand last year. It's it's right in the middle of the city. Uh, even though you're in a park, you are downtown. I mean, I don't know if you've been to New York or Central Park. It's it's kind of like that uh, in terms of its proximity to the city. Well, you saw the skyline. It's right there. Yeah, uh, And there's hotels all around it. So it's easy to get to. They have a great uh, tram system as well. So they bus people in and tram people in to the, to the track, so there's not a prop parking problem. It's a great atmosphere around St Kilda. There's restaurants and it's a lot of fun. So Sounds it's a good place to go to go, but it's a long way to go. And from a tactical point of view, and from the mechanic, I'm sure the mechanics hate it because you you know you get on the plane, your your car gets on the plane. You you can't carry a, a spare engine with you in your, in your <laughs> luggage. You know, <laughs> it's uh you know it's it, it, it. I mean, think about that crash with Botas, yeah. A uh, lot of work to do overnight, um, and it's not like, you know, you can't fly stuff into to, to Melbourne overnight.
3: <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so so you just made me think of something, you know. Hang on to the bouncing ball, folks. <laughs> A big city. Yeah. Big park in the middle of it. Uh-huh. Lots of places to eat. Uh-huh. Transportation.
2: Yeah. Dogs and cats living Dogs together. Dogs and
3: cats living together. <laughs> Portland. <laughs> Bill Murray reference. I remember... Someone's saying that there needs to be a second American race that yes. they're after. Yep. How about Central Park? Go blasting around Strawberry Fields and <laughs> uh, breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's. And, you yeah. know, I like it. How about something like that? I Yeah, I think it'd be great. Right in front of the plaza, make a okay, loop done. through that's, there. It's a done deal.
0: And it's so noisy in New York anyway. I, nobody <laughs> yeah. would know. They'll blend in with the taxi cabs. What was that? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, nobody would know, nobody us. would know. In all seriousness, though, I think Miami's got um, a bigger chance. We heard Ross Brown talking earlier about the fact that we're going to extend maybe to another uh, venue next year. It doesn't necessarily. I mean, there's all sorts. There's Copenhagen. There's uh, now they've just mentioned it, Assen. One of my favorite tracks in the world. Oh, that's big the with the Dutch. motorcycle crowd. Well, of course. And in fact, if they pull it off, so in other words, they've now got a Grand Prix permission, uh, commission. Charlie Whiting's been down there. He's had a look, uh, likes it, says there's a few alterations to make, obviously for Formula One, for runoff. But uh, Asin could be the first ever track to have MotoGP, World Superbike, and um, Formula One.
3: Oh, yeah. Wow. wow, that's nice. Pretty wild, isn't it? Yep.
2: Yeah, hey, I noticed after the race, um, both Haas cars under investigation for unsafe release. I guess we knew that, but it's actually official.
0: Hmm. <laughs>
3: Yeah, Yeah. I bet there's a lot of noise in that garage. Gosh, I am just... Or it's definitely You You guys saw me bouncing off the walls here in the studio. You're
2: uncontrollable. And then when that happened, I just... Oh, man, I don't want to keep talking about it. In fact, you know what? I'm going to have to go to a break because
0: I need some time. (laughs) You need some time away. Um, (laughs) If we were having a time out for John Massengale, officially, (laughs) his Botox didn't uh, work for him, Uh and he can't get the smile on his face again. All right, well, we're going to take a break. You're
2: listening to Speed City here in Austin in the middle of the night. We'll be back after these messages. Yes.
0: Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorised technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the world supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I 35.
1: Mosing Motorcars is Central Texas' source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Mosing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491. Or browse the garage online at mosingmotorcars.com. Mosing Motorcars. Drive yourself happy. Sound off on the news of the day with a talk poll. Online at talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice.
0: Hello, I'm Felipe Massa and this is Speed City.
1: Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosey Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. Ah, we miss Felipe. We do miss I gonna Felipe. Say, I kind
2: miss
3: that guy
2: today. Well, boys, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, well, here we are sitting in Austin, Texas, the home of the United States Grand Prix in Formula One. October. October. Get your tickets. Get into Austin. You know, we're talking about great cities. I'm going to say I mean, get here early.
0: Yeah,
3: you know, yeah.
0: I, I know that, uh, you know, there is a lot of parallels between Melbourne and Austin. There really
2: is. I was thinking that earlier. You know, we have Adelaide as our... Sister city. city, yes, right. But I, I didn't know. As, a, ask as you that. a
0: as a timbre, as a feeling, as a as a place to go and hang out, Melbourne and Austin very very similar. Uh, both the temperature, and you know, and kind of just the laissez faire kind of fun place to be. Keep it weird, Austin. Well, yeah, great bars, great 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 nightlife in Melbourne. Um, you know, good music, a lot of good bands now coming out of Melbourne. You know, it's got the same vibe. Um, and so, yeah, if you if you're looking for a Grand Prix to go to, um, you know... There's no question that, and I know that a lot, the, 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 everybody in the international community wants to come to Austin. I mean, f- to a man, to a woman. <laughs> yeah, and we're not getting sponsored by the Austin Convention and Visitors Bureau. <laughs>
2: at
1: least not yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> What's
0: I'm
2: that? Addicted, Phone's ringing?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There you go.
2: <laughs> not yet. Uh, well, so I also want to talk about what Speed City's going to be doing. You know, obviously we've been on the radio for seven years in Austin and covering all the events at COTA, doing play-by-play out there. We've done play-by-play for Formula One out there for several years now. We'll be doing MotoGP. Yep, MotoGP. And, um, and, but for this year, obviously, we're now on before and after every race. And, Jonathan, the the people in between those shows the BBC. You know all those
0: guys over yeah, there. Yeah, and I'm delighted that I mean, Joe... you know Punk... everybody in London, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 Bob. It's a small <laughs> yeah. place. Do you know Bob? <laughs> yeah. uh, if I had a penny for every everybody that's asked me that question, yeah, I know Bob. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, it gr- it's great to have um, Jack Nichols um, doing the commentary. He does the Formula as well. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, uh, very, you know, he's been around for a while. He's still a young fellow, uh, but a good commentator. And then now Joe Julian Palmer, coming straight from Renault. Uh, and obviously, it's a bit of a shame because Julian's a good driver. Um, Jonathan, is, his father, runs several circuits. His brother races. Uh, but Julian's a, just a nice guy. And obviously, he's the closest you can get um, to a guy who's raced every man in this field, bar, bar a couple of the new guys, you know? Yeah, what a great yeah. resource to have somebody fresh out of the car like that. Well, there is nobody that he's knows... the Tony exactly. Romo of...
2: Right, Ex- I mean, one. Well, right. well, very good, very yeah. good.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, but it's his back's a- in better nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> Sorry, Tony. And, yeah, but you can't. You don't tell a lot. Well, I'm a Cowboys fan.
2: Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, and of course, you know we. You, Jonathan's obviously from London, but you've been in Austin now, what, 10 years? Yep. So, yep. yeah, it, 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 your story was what, you moved to Austin before you knew anything about the F1 track, because when well, I met uh, you I naturally <laughs> assumed, it was like, well, you came to Austin to follow the F1. Yeah,
0: like, I'm basically a human Labrador. I've been chasing bikes and cars most of my career, and I haven't caught one yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but mostly around the world. Yeah, you're right. Um, I did world Superbikes for many years. I did Formula One, done Mata GP, um, and you're right, I, I've been going to somewhere like 22 countries a year uh, for most of my youth um, and um, yeah settled in Austin as did my parents uh, which is really nice love the city uh, my parents still loving it um, but um, <laughs> yeah the darn didn't they all build a circuit right where I needed to be. Well
2: Les Kaiser smiling over there because he's thinking the same thing I am because we both remember the day that it was announced first oh, yeah. I was like yeah, yeah, quit quit poking fun at me. And then I started looking at the news. I was like, holy smokes, this is actually true. And this was in the morning. And when lunchtime yeah. came, I jumped in my car and drove out to where the Circuit of the Americas is now and was like, are you sure this is where this is yeah, going to be? Remember, so, uh, uh, this
0: isn't the same as Aquafest, then? <laughs> no,
2: no, no. No, no the, <laughs> the Austin Aquafest does not compare, but... But yeah, I remember driving out there. You know, the thing that really sticks in my mind... It was the the condition of the, the yeah. roads and the soil out there. It's a disaster. Scraping belly pans. And I think that Bobby and and crew at Coda didn't realize how far they were going to have to dig down to build the circuit out there to get through that. Pretty, pretty impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, because the, the soil out there was a it was a nightmare. And if, all you have to do is drive the parking lot of Coda, and you can't. You have to go down to two miles an hour because <sighs> it's such a disaster out there. But uh, but yeah, that. That was what I remember of that day good of Good old Formula farming War. dirt. Yep, good old black dirt out there. It was but a But Illinois,
0: Texas is the center of the world come October. Well, let's talk about the rest of the
2: season. Obviously, yep. with um, with Melbourne being the what it is and not able to pass, like we were talking about as much, maybe not the best way to test everything. But uh, a lot of things that were that we'd, we had speculated on, like Haas being fast, Reno being fast, midfield being tight, I think all that's true and that we are going to
0: have competitive races between Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull. Yeah, no question. And April is a good good example. We are days away from April. We'll have three races in three completely different places uh, in April. And and like I said, by the time they come back to Spain in May, we will have a much better idea of how this is all going to shake out. Uh, Shanghai, uh, Bahrain, two different circuits, but very interesting. Um, Baku and, of course, Spain, then Monaco, Canada and France, France back on the calendar. Yeah, I'm really that's happy been a for while. that. How but long? It, whew, years. Uh, I can't think of how many years it is, that's but well, in fact, he's never been to Paul Ricard, um, and that's a very interesting circuit too. And you know, that's going to be right in Renault's backyard. You've been to uh, that circuit? Do you know I haven't? Mm. Um, I know it. I've commentated from it. I've done um, Renault 3.5 races from from there, uh, and it's weird because it it, it doesn't ha- it has the most weird runoff. So the runoff is all different colours, and it slows the car. Sorry, it's all one colour, and it slows the cars down. It's it it's, it's a unique place for for a motor racetrack. Uh, and when you see it, it'll freak you out a little bit because it's kind of like this big wide open space with a bit of grey in the middle. Um, <laughs> but they, but it does work. Um, but, um, yeah, I think you'll enjoy Paul Ricard. I think uh, it's going to be interesting. And it's great to have France. The French are as passionate as the Brits and the Germans and the Italians on their motor racing. and Well, they should be. Uh, and with, uh, what, uh, all of the Renaults finishing in the top, or the Rena- Renault-engined cars finishing in the top ten today? Pretty
3: good. Yep. Going to earn some respect. Hey, tell the producer
2: my computer just rebooted. Wow. <laughs> he warned me this was going to happen. You see, we normally don't use the computers oh, this time of night. Mine too. Hey, but right before it rebooted, I did
0: see... Call Toto Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what happened.
2: Oh, there it, just, you it was go. a reboot, right? Blame it's it, it on reboot. IT. It's a Windows update. Blame that's it, what it on IT. That's what it was. Uh Right before it rebooted, uh, I did notice that uh, they showed the fastest lap. Anybody, any guesses? Ooh. Tell me. Daniel Ricardo, 125.9. Oh, nice. And, and I think it was, oh, I can't remember, 3 a.m., I can't remember. I think it was Kimi, Kimi Rackin and uh, Lewis Hamilton right after that.
0: Yeah, no surprise. Um, also, just a quick mention, uh, we've been talking about McLaren being back. Um, good to have an Austin Company Dell involved with them this year. Oh, yeah,
2: that's really good to see that logo on that on the McLaren, on the orange, to see an Austin company. Yep, no question. All right, what yeah. else? Uh,
3: let's see. Les, what about your overall impression? I haven't gotten your good old Texas voice talking about this race. <laughs> you know, I think uh, entertainment value was fantastic. Like I said, not happy with Haas winding up where they did. <sighs> I'm sure that's going to be resolved. I'm sure somebody's really uh, under scrutiny right now.
2: Oh, well, we, we didn't even talk about the guy... The running into the bathroom.
3: Yeah, of what it looked like.
2: <laughs> That's I what know. it looked like. I don't really know where he went. He just but, didn't want to be on camera. Put it that way. Know, the, we're talking about the pit crew guy for Haas. Uh, after they showed the the debacle, I think it was actually the first one uh, I don't, when yeah. Magnuson.
3: Yeah, I, I might have gone in there and barfed. I don't know. Oh man! <laughs> Can you imagine the stomach? You know, they, everybody's doing so uh, well, and that happens.
0: Yeah, that was a tough. Tough, tough race. Um, but I tell you what I would like to kind of uh, straighten out. Um, there's been a lot of Twitter sphere about uh, it being a non-race because Vettel won the race uh, under a safety car. The bottom line is that's absolute rubbish. He hadn't pitted. Uh, strategy yeah. wise, he'd stayed out. Smart move. And he was the last to pit. He got lucky that Grosjean, and there was also some conspiracy theories on, <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, sorry, they're both Ferraris. So yeah, right. Um, so forget that one. Uh, but no, I, I mean, he, he won it fair and square on strategy. He didn't win it because of a virtual safety car or an actual safety car. He won it because he chose to come in the pits at the perfect time and stayed out longer than anybody else. It gave him that opportunity. All right, well, we're about out of time, guys. I do want to talk about a little bit more housekeeping. Is talking about, so what
2: we're going to do on Sunday race days, for Formula One race days, we're going to have our this same show that's a post-race show that's... Uh, that's in the middle of the night, like this. We're going to have those replayed on our Sunday night show uh, in Austin. And then on non F1 race weekends, we'll have a regular Sunday show where we talk everything from Formula One, IndyCar, Car, Moto G, WEC, Moto GP, WEC, and more. All things fast. Yep. And of course, go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. We keep lots of content up there. Not everything makes it on to the radio show. We get we keep a lot of uh, interviews up on SoundCloud, including the full Russ Braun interview that you heard. Yeah, yeah. Bits and pieces. That's that's like a 12, 15-minute interview, isn't yep.
0: it? Yep, and I've got some stuff coming with Kevin Schwantz, too, talking about MotoGP. So, yep. Yeah, if you, you like, like MotoGP,
2: come... check out last week's show on our website because world champion Kevin Schwantz was in the studio with us here Another in Austin. A Austinite. Yep, and so, yeah. And, of course, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Uh, We don't do too many other socials like Instagram and others that well yet, but we're really good on Facebook. Well, Les is on
0: Snapchat, of course, you know. Snap2,
2: Snapface or whatever it's called. All right. Uh, What other housekeeping? Anything else? Uh, Oh, you can can download our app on the uh, Apple Store and on the Google Play Store. And we keep lots of content up there.
0: Congratulations, Sebastian Vettel. What can you say? Ferrari have struck first blood here in the Australian Grand Prix, and it's come at high time. And I'm afraid that uh, a little bit of uh, embarrassment maybe by Mercedes. They didn't get it right today. But it's going to be a good battle between the two four-time world champions. All right. Well,
2: thanks for tuning in to Speed City Night. We really appreciate it, and we will talk to you next week.
3: Ciao, y'all.